Hi, and welcome back to Weekly Dev Tips. I'm your host, Steve Smith, a.k.a. R. Dallas. This is episode 74 with our guest, Claire Novotny. We're going to be talking about the .NET Foundation. Claire is executive director of the foundation, and we're just going to spend a few minutes talking about what it is and, and why you should know more about it. So, Claire, sure. what can you tell us about the, the .NET Foundation? So, uh, thanks, Steve. So, thanks for having me. The .NET Foundation is an independent nonprofit organization that exists to support the open source ecosystem for .NET, really to help ensure the health of the ecosystem and ensure that the commercial entities and other projects, you know, can use .NET projects without having to reinvent everything, make sure that, you know, there, there's a healthy balance between, you know, the, the open source interests, the projects themselves, and, you know, the consumers of those projects so that we don't have any, you know, risk to reduce risk and uncertainty in the ecosystem. So what are some examples of projects that I would have heard of that are members of the foundation? We have a, a lot of projects. The biggest one that everyone in the .NET ecosystem is using is .NET itself. So the .NET Foundation owns and has the intellectual property for .NET. Like we, Microsoft has pledged that, or not pledged, they've contributed that to the foundation. So we have the .NET Core, ASP.NET, Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android, and Xamarin Mac are all foundation projects. But it's not just Microsoft. We have very popular projects like AutoMapper and .NET Nuke, Fluent Validation, JSON.NET, you know, Mono, MimeKit, you know, Orchard, Python.NET, Prism, and you, I could keep going on. There's a huge number of projects. We have about 95 of them currently in the foundation today. And we're constantly growing as we seek to onboard new projects and give them the support that they need. Cool. Yeah, I've definitely heard of and used a lot of those projects. So why should I be a member of the foundation? Like, is it, if I'm not one of those open source, you know, maintainers, what, if I'm just a regular, like nine to five developer, is it something for me or, or not? So it's absolutely for everyone. The foundation is there to help promote the ecosystem, but we, this isn't a solitary effort. We need people to help with, uh, set the direction. What, see, what do they want people? What do you want to do? What do you, the foundation exists for you, for the community. So we need that input. This isn't Microsoft setting the show. Microsoft does not control the foundation. This is really an independent company. And as an independent company or really entity needs the communities to be involved. Like, it does a lot of outreach in the community. It supports a Meetup Pro network that has currently 355 Meetup groups. So we cover those fees for and help support them. Is that similar but, to uh, what Ineta used to do? The, so the Meetup Pro group? It takes the place of that for the .NET focused, I believe. I'm not as familiar with Ineta. I wasn't as involved with the community at the time. Okay. But so we seek to cover those kinds of expenses and enable organizers who want to run a local group to be able to 
you know, do that without the, the financial cost. Sure. We also recently have an effort that, again, this was community driven. We had uh, James Montemagano and John Galloway, who, mm-hmm. yes, do work for Microsoft, but are acting as community members. In this case, they have no special privileges here anymore. Um, they wanted to put together a virtual meetup group series where they're experts in streaming to, you know, live streaming on YouTube. And, you know, that's not something I know how to do. So if I was a meetup group organizer and I want to say, look, how can I reach a wider audience? There's now a mechanism where they, they're not trying to create a new meetup group. They're trying to amplify the existing ones and give a wider audience. So that's a, there's a sign-up process now where if you're a meetup group and you want to say, hey, let me become a live event. Let me take my group and get this all over to, you know, on YouTube and we'll get this on our live on our YouTube channel. It's open to everyone, all of the current groups, but, and you don't need to have the streaming expertise to do this. James and John are going to run that. And they're, we're doing that through the foundation, providing the resources. That's awesome. Especially right now. And almost every meetup group is going virtual. Yeah, and we, we, that's the kind of thing. We encourage the community to come in. There's something you want to do, and you're trying to either find like-minded people to do it with, or you need resources, or you're trying to kind of get that stamp of approval, that bigger name behind you. We're, we're actively, we're looking for doers. You're a doer. You want to do something. Absolutely. Like we're, my, my goal is to encourage you and to, enable people to to do things that benefit the community and the outreach committee is the uh, hub of that effort where they're kind of looking at those proposals and you know providing resources and budget as appropriate so if if i become a member of the dotnet foundation which i did just apply a few days ago and i understand it takes a little bit of time to to go through a process but What's what's my experience like interacting with people? Is there like a mailing list or a, a Slack or a Discord or how does that all work? So the current form we it's, the current form of communication is primarily through the GitHub Teams chat right now. Okay. GitHub has a feature on the website if you're a member of the organization for chats for Teams. There's also there is a mailing list that we hardly ever use there's not there's we quite frankly don't use it there's also a um because not everyone is on it and not everyone likes receiving those kinds of emails sure there is also a teams team there's a team that's attached that some people have used the the primary way of getting involved though is through those working groups through the committees so to express interest in the committees and you know say hey look you want to help define membership policies and say, look, how do we do things? What do we do for our members? Why is it important? Or the projects committee helps evaluate and set standards for our member projects. Not every project is a fit for the foundation. What is a fit? That's for the committee to decide and have and create the guidance around. If you're a project and want benefits and say, look, 
there's a lot of benefits we provide out of the box, like code signing certificates. We can provide Azure subscriptions as needed for resources. But maybe there's something else. You say, look, my project needs this thing over there. We're totally open to requests, and you know we're always looking to meet the needs that our projects you know have, and the projects committee can help with that. And with outreach, that's where you can kind of look at, hey, how do we reach out to the next generation of developers? What can we do to improve the diversity in the .NET ecosystem? How do we get to the next generation of developers? How do we find folks? you know, in other parts of the world who may not be using our platform? How do we do, how do we showcase the community? Like we're doing, lots of people are doing really cool things. Right. Let's put how, a face to it. How do, we, sure. how do we share that? Exactly. Um, and if, you know, marketing, how do we tell people about it? So we're doing cool things and then how do we get the word out? And none of these things operate on their own. They're in, they operate because we have passionate people that come in and have an interest in, in sharing these with our community. Yeah, and I think before we started, uh, you and I were talking about how the foundation um, is led and, and there's, there's a board and there's elections. Can you talk for a minute about how that works? Sure. So the foundation is, an, as I keep saying, is an independent entity. It has a board of directors, which have six elected people and one uh, founding member that is there. So there's a seven-person board, one appointed and, and six elected. I am the executive director. I kind of organize the day-to-day -day operations of the, of the group. And that then we have a whole bunch of committees that actually kind of are responsible for getting stuff done, as it were. And the board is responsible for setting the direction of the organization. I work for the board, which is then elected by the community. Microsoft doesn't tell me what to do. And you know they might offer suggestions, but sure. the board is in control. I, you know, the board and, you know, is responsible saying, look, we want to do this thing. We want to go this direction. It's always about that. And so that's the board is a critical part of how we get things done. And it's you know, really important that we have an active and engaged board. Cool. All right. I think that's uh, that's a great overview of the .NET Foundation. I'm hoping to learn more about it myself. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything coming up uh, that you want people to know about? Uh, uh, yeah. So the board has uh, historically had uh, served for one-year terms, and I know that there's been some questions out there about the upcoming, you know, when's the election going to be? Last year, we held the election in, you know, in late March and early April. And this year, because of a number of circumstances, things were delayed a bit, as we look to see how do we improve the process and how do we make it better and ensure stability. So this year where you know the election process is about to kick off and it has changed a little bit from previous years. Uh, this year we, we the board has decided to create a staggered 
set so that instead of having all of the board members up for re-election every time, we're going to create a staggered term so that at most three people will be elect, you know, up for election each time. And that helps with continuity than keeping some of the experience and knowledge within the organization. So the way that's going to work is that the upcoming elections, all six members will be, you know, up for re-election and there'll be a two-year term instead of a one-year term. For and straight. half of them at random mm. get the short end of the straw and we'll get a one-year term. Right. So that next year we'll have another election. So you'll have three even-year board members and three odd-year board members. Correct. Exactly. And then the other part of it is that last year we had a lot of enthusiasm from the community, and I love that. We had about 48 or 50 folks running for the election. And, you know, that seemed, you know, it was great to have the enthusiasm. It was also a lot of information for people to, you know, process and, and understand. You know, there's also a specific set of skills that we need in the board members. Being on the board member is not a technical position. This is no, no one's writing code here, even though it's about.net. That organizational skills, there's business development, there's a lot of, you know, the boring stuff that many people right. find, quote unquote, you know, it's running an organization. So what we're doing this year is we have, we've established a nominating committee that is, that, or say we are establishing a nominating committee. The board is appointing three to five people who are from both inside and outside of the community that will then uh, nominate and vet potential board candidates. And this is a way of helping ensure that it's open and fair. I, as executive director, am explicitly not involved in that committee. It is the, you know, the people, and we're, we're going to ask folks that have been critical of us to be serve on that committee. We want this, we want to have a clean you know, and fair and slate of candidates to choose from. And to that end, we're going to, the nominating committee is going to pick at least three candidates per open position. And they'll weigh their expertise. Like, have they, do they have experience running an organization or being in a similar kind of position to try and kind of pre-vet the expertise? We're not saying you need to have experience in .NET. In fact, we welcome contributions and expertise from other communities like OpenJS has done amazing things there's other organizations out there that have been you know doing they've been doing great we want to leverage their expertise here in in our foundation so they're going to put together a slate of candidates to choose from in this case it will be 18 and then we're going to, they'll have a two week campaign period followed by a two-week voting period and the voting system will be the same that we used last year which is the single vote transfer scottish rules using opa vote We're, that's not changing so you basically vote for everyone you want in priority order and it it's a little complicated it's described on the website but it is you don't waste your votes you don't waste your votes at all right. and so it, it all gets ranked and Top six are going to be the 
uh, new board members, and then they comes in. It'll be sometime in early August based on the timeline, and all that will be on the website that kind of shares exactly what the key parts here of the process. But I'm, I'm very excited that we're finally kicking this off and hope to have you know everyone participate. Cool. All right. That sounds awesome. So I think that's a show. Um, so that'll be it for this week. If you want to hear more from me, go to ardellis.com slash tips. You can watch uh, these shows on YouTube as well as getting them from your, your favorite podcast reader. And I'll see you next time with another developer tip.